0: Our scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 35, we'll begin with verse 30. So if you would turn there, Exodus 35, we'll begin with verse 30. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood for work in every skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach, both him and Aholiab, the son of ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. He has filled him with skill, To do every sort of work done by an engraver, or by a designer, or by an embroiderer, in blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. Bezalel, and Aholiab, and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary, shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded." And Moses called Bezalel, and app, and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. This is the word of the Lord. For the first time in 11 months, we do not have a
1: boat on the stage this morning. So honestly, and, and tell me the truth, who noticed that the boat was gone this morning when you came in? Okay. So there are several that did not notice. So... Uh, So why do we do these things? Nobody notices. (laughs) Uh, So for the first part of of 2019, we had a boat on the stage representing the boat of Jesus' disciples as we talked about what a disciple looks like. And then that boat was transformed into a ship that was fleeing to Tarshish as as Jonah's boat. Um, But since we are going to spend the next couple of Sundays talking about a time when the people of god are in the desert we feel like the boat just didn't fit our theme and so we decommissioned the boat permanently so a very sad day i want to start this morning with a fictional story though about a boy named evan last week at our kids of hope club we had superhero night so i wanted to start this morning with the story about a superhero Uh, evan this little boy was obsessed with superheroes. Uh, And he was obsessed particularly with one superhero in general and that superhero's name was Mr. Unbelievable. Evan had posters of Mr. Unbelievable on his wall, he drew pictures of Mr. Unbelievable, he dressed up like him, he had all of his comic books and he even had Mr. Unbelievable's uh, gold limited edition Trading card. One Thanksgiving, Evan decided with, with an a assignment that he had from school to write something that he was thankful for around Thanksgiving. He decided he was going to write a letter to Mr. Unbelievable to say how thankful he was to Mr. Unbelievable. And this is what he said in the letter Dear Mr. Unbelievable, I am so thankful for every unbelievable thing that you have ever done. Love your biggest fan, Evan. Evan knew that it was a long shot, that Mr. Unbelievable would receive the letter, have time to read the letter, and actually respond. But Evan talked to his parents and said, I want to mail out the letter anyways. He went to the post office, and he mailed the letter to Mr. Unbelievable. Tune in next week to find out. No, at the end of the, at the, end of the message today, we will talk more about Evan and Mr. Unbelievable. With Thanksgiving Just a couple of weeks away, we're going to spend the next couple of weeks talking about giving thanks ourselves. The next two Sundays, we'll be focusing on that. Now, when you hear the words giving thanks, what do you think of? Now, I think of praying. And often in the Bible, when it talks about giving thanks, it is talking about praying. I think about praying before a large family Thanksgiving meal. When I was growing up, we would pray before Thanksgiving, and the prayer often sounded like, God, bless this food to our body, and our body to your service, amen. I've been to several families' houses where when they pray, they pray together, and they say, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food, amen. When my daughter was little, her regular prayer was, thank you, God, thank you, food, Amen. Now, the regular prayer that is before our dinner table by one of my sons is, thank you, God, rainbows. Thank you, God, food. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know why the last part is really fast. They know the food is coming. But it's good to pray prayers of thanksgiving. It's, it's good to teach your kids to pray out of thankfulness, and I would encourage you to do that and to make your Prayer time, a regular thing that you do with your family, not only at dinner, but at all times. But spending time in prayer is not something that we will be focusing on specifically over the next couple of weeks as we look at Exodus together and talk about giving thanks. What we will be talking about is what God's people were commanded to do, and more than that, what they were inspired and stirred up in their hearts to do out of response to the gratefulness and thankfulness and the faithfulness of all that God had done for them. They were motivated to give. Their giving started with generosity that stirred up in their hearts and overflowed in their lives through financial giving, which we will talk about next week. And their giving also started in the generosity that float up out of their hearts into their lives through faithful service, which is what we will focus on in today's message. Today we will remember that we give thanks through faithful service. If you would, if you'd please take out your bulletin and take out the sermon outline that's in there. If you don't have a bulletin, that's okay. We have an online bulletin as well. You can go to hbcmanchester.org. Click on online bulletin and the sermon outline is there. So I'd encourage you to have one of those in front of you this morning. And I'd also encourage you to keep your Bibles open to Exodus 35. If you didn't know, we want you to bring your Bible to church. If you don't have a Bible, there are some Bibles in the foyer. Uh, please open up to Exodus 35 because I'm going to be looking at that entire chapter throughout our message this morning. As we look at the people of God here in Exodus 35, we're going to use them as an example of giving thanks through faithful service. You might ask, what did the people of God there in the desert have to be thankful for? They had just literally spent generations upon generations as slaves in Egypt. For more than 400 years, they were in slavery, and now that they've come out of slavery and out of Egypt, they've just entered into another difficult time in the desert. Admittedly, because of their own sin and whininess, now that they are stuck in the desert for seemingly an eternity as they wait for this generation to die off before they can enter into the promised land. They're wandering in the desert, what Scripture calls the wilderness, a place where temperatures can rise to over 100 degrees in the summer, can drop to below freezing in the winter, a place where there's almost no rainfall, a place where the selection of food is manna and some more manna, And they've stumbled around in a crowd of over a million people until that entire generation is gone and they can enter the promised land. What do they have to be thankful for? What could they possibly be thankful for? Well, let me tell you. They had the power of God to be thankful for. God miraculously brought them up out of Egypt and out of slavery and delivered them from a mighty pursuing Egyptian army. They had the provision of God to be thankful for. God provided an abundance of water to a million thirsty people for decades in an arid, desolate wasteland. He provided daily food for them that they only needed to go outside of their tents to gather up. They had the protection and the presence of God to be thankful for. He led them by day with a cloud of smoke, and he led them by night with a pillar of fire, They had the plan and the purpose of God, the direction of God to be thankful for. God presented them commandments and instructions for how they should live and what they should do in order to prosper, not only while they were there in the desert, but once they entered into the promised land. It was this direction of God, the law, which included the Ten Commandments, which included the instructions for building the tabernacle that God gave to Moses in Exodus chapter 34. If you would, just turn back one chapter there to Exodus 34. And I want to look at verse 29 and following. Moses had just gone up on Mount Sinai, and he'd received instructions from God and the commandments from God for a second time. And here, starting in verse 29, is what happened as Moses returned from his trip up the mountain, which was a 40-day Trip meeting with God. So again, verse 29, let's look at that together. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. And you see what happened there? Moses is up there. He's with God for this long period. And when he comes down, he doesn't even realize that because he's been with God and because he's seen the glory of God, although through the cleft of a rock, his face is shining brightly, so brightly that the people of Israel look on him and they are frightened. They're scared. And Moses has to put a veil over his face just so that the people can look at him and not run away scared. I'd encourage you this morning, if you are someone who likes to write notes, or even if you're someone who doesn't like to write notes, to take out your pen and on your sermon outline to to write there next to um, the beginning of the 2 Corinthians 3 and 4. If you are someone who writes notes in your Bibles, write that there next to... Uh, Exodus 34:29, 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 and take some time this week to look up those chapters and to read them. I'm going to just paraphrase them really briefly, but it's really powerful to compare what we have now in our relationship with God as followers of Jesus Christ compared to what Moses had there in the desert. The paraphrase is is something like this, that, that through Christ we are able to boldly approach God like Moses did on the mountain of God, not through the cleft of a rock, but openly, and to see him and then to unveil our faces so that the people may see the glory of God through us so that the people might be drawn to God because of our relationship with him. That's powerful. So I'd encourage you to read those chapters this week, 2 Corinthians 3 and 4. But there at the base of Mount Sinai, Moses had just come down and his face was shining brightly because he had met with God and he received the instructions from God for God's people. What do you think the reaction of the people was to this instruction and to looking back to all that God had done for them, keeping in mind that Thanksgiving is just a couple of weeks away. That's a hint. What was the reaction knowing that the title of today's message is giving thanks through faithful service? That's a bigger hint. What do you suppose the reaction was? They gave out of thankfulness. So look back with me to Exodus 35. I'm just going to give you a rundown of some of the things in Exodus 35 that happened there. I'm going to point out a few verses, starting in verse 4. So look with verse 4 with me. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, "'This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord, whoever is of a generous heart. Let him bring the Lord's contribution.'" And then jump down to verse 21 with me. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of the meeting and for all of its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart. And lastly, down in verse 29, all the men and women the people of Israel whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done brought it as a free will offering to the Lord do you see a connection there between what God is doing in the hearts of the people and what the people are then doing in their giving God stirred their hearts their hearts became generous hearts and they gave The people of God brought their gold and their silver and their bronze and their precious stones and their valuable wood and their animal skins and their linen, all to be used for the building of the tabernacle and the testimony to God's people. These were not wealthy people, but when they got together as a group, their collective offering was great. Next Sunday, we'll be talking more about giving thanks through our financial giving. And I would encourage you this week to be thinking about your giving. Does your giving show a generous heart? Does your giving look like somebody who is thankful for all that God does, and so you give in response? You are stirred up by thankfulness. We see, though, in chapter 35, that the people not only gave of their finances, but they also gave of their service. So look, look again back with me to verse 10. It says, Let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. And then down in verse 25, And every skillful woman spun with her hands. They all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine linen. Here's the progression that led to Faithful service and also led to financial giving. The people of God faithfully served because their hearts were stirred. Their hearts were stirred because they were thankful. And they were thankful because God was faithful. So it started with the faithfulness of God and it ended with the service of the people. But they were tied together together because the people were thankful. And that that progression was true for them then, and it is true, or it should be true, for us today. So as we look at our passage this morning, we're going to briefly look at four truths about giving thanks through faithful service that were true for the people of God in the desert at the base of Mount Sinai, but should be equally true for the people of God today living in snowy central Maine. So I said to Brian, I'm like, maybe we should have had a snowflake on the thing instead of a leaf. But when we think of Thanksgiving, we think of not snowflakes. So we, we stuck with the leaf. All right. So, and hopefully, hopefully, we can have some warm still. So let's start with our first point, our first truth this morning. We give thanks through faithful service because we are called by name. So look at at verse 30 of chapter 35. It says there, Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. When it came to serving God in ministry through the construction of the tabernacle, God specifically called this man, Bezalel, by name to do the work to serve God and to serve His people. Many times in my life and in my role as a pastor, people have come to me and said, I wish God would just make it clear what I should do with my life. Has anyone ever said that to you? Have you ever said that yourself, or people have have come to me and said, would you pray for me that I would just know what the will of God is for my life? Have you ever had anyone say that to you? Have you ever said that to yourself? Yeah. How nice would it be if God would just show up and, and call me by name and say, Travis, this is what you're supposed to do, like he did with Jonah, showed up to Jonah, called him by name, Jonah, go to Nineveh, like he did with Moses there at the burning bush. He showed up and said, Moses, Go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Like he did here in Exodus with Bezalel when he called him by name and told him to do the work of constructing the tabernacle. Well, in many ways, that is exactly what God has done for me and has done for you. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 13 and 14. That's on your sermon outline this morning so you can follow along. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through the gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what God has done for you. He's not only made a way for you to be saved from your sins and saved from the consequences of your sins, He has also chosen you specifically to be saved. He's reached out to you like an adoptive parent would reach out to their child to choose them and hold them and to save them, and he has called you by name. On your sermon outline this morning, under that first truth, there's a blank there. Does everyone see that? Just shake your head if you see the blank on your paper. Everyone with me? Okay, so some of you are like bobbleheads. Appreciate that. So what, on that blank, I would like you to write your own name on there. So write your name down. If you've got a pen, write it down. Um, if you don't have a pen, just kind of mentally write your name on that blank. And then I'm going to have all of you with me say that sentence starting with your name, and then the rest of it. I have chosen you. So I'm going to say, everyone got their name down there? They would know how to spell it. Okay, so on the count of three, we're going to say that, starting with your name, and then the I have chosen you. One, two, three. Travis, I have chosen you. Nice. That's a quote from Jesus in John 15, where he said that to his disciples and us as well. In John 15, when Jesus tells us as his disciples that he has chosen us, that verse goes on to say, I have called you friends. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit or good works of service. You see what happens there? We are called by name, by God himself, and our natural response is then to go and to serve to do good works of service. So we give thanks through faithful service because we are called by God. Secondly, we give thanks through faithful service because we are filled with the Spirit. Look back again with me to Exodus 35 and verse 31. So the Lord has called Bezalel by name and he has filled him with the Spirit of God. This filling with the Spirit of God is not just something that happened to the supermen and women of the Old Testament. No, it is something that happens still for for us today. When you become a follower of God, when you choose to be a follower of Jesus, when you understand that Jesus' death on the cross is not just a, a Sunday school story, but it is something that he literally did on your behalf to pay for your sin, when you acknowledge that Jesus' resurrection was something that proved his power over death, not only for him, but for you, when you receive that gift of salvation, you also received his gift of the Holy Spirit of God permanently coming into your life. Look on your sermon outline at, at 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20 It says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. And when he called you, he didn't leave you on your own to stumble and bumble through the Christian life. No, he gave you his own spirit, the spirit of the holy God to be with you, to guide you and direct you and strengthen you and fill you. Now, it's one thing to be called by God, It's another thing altogether to be given the Spirit of the Holy God personally to have in your life. What a tremendous gift! that God has given to us as his followers so that we would know and comprehend his word, so that we would know and understand his ways, so that we would know and experience his presence, so that we would know his power infinitely greater than what we have on our own to be able to go and do his works for the building up of his church. Is that something to be thankful for? I didn't hear you. Yes. Now the receiving the Holy Spirit or what scripture calls the indwelling of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Spirit it's a one time event. We receive Christ and with it we receive the Holy Spirit to come and indwell us. But the filling of the Spirit is something that happens over and over and over in our lives. When we are filled with ourselves, we, we produce selfish character and self-centered works. We hear ourselves saying, I don't have time to serve, or we hear ourselves saying, why do I have to do that? But when we are filled with the Spirit of God, we start Being excited to being able to serve others because that's what God has done for us. Ephesians says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The comparison there is that we can choose to drink alcohol to excess and be be drunk with with wine. And that's a choice that we make. And we also can choose to submit to the Spirit so much so that when we are following the Spirit so much, we are, we are filled to the brim with Him and we are overflowing with Him. And what overflows out of us is good character and good works of service. And it is noticeable to those who are around us. Are you thankful that you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, that God's Spirit is available in your greatest times of need to fill you and guide you, then your thankfulness should overflow with generosity by how you serve God and His church. We give thanks because we are called by name. We give thanks because we are filled with the Spirit. And thirdly, we give thanks because we are gifted with skills. Look back again with me to our passage from Exodus 35, verse 31. The Lord has called Bezalel and has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, and cutting stones for setting and carving wood for every good work and every skilled craft. Now clearly we see here that God has gifted Bezalel and Aholiab and many other men and women that are are talked about in chapters 35 and 36 with the skills needed to be able to go and to build the tabernacle. But God didn't stop working in that kind of a way all the way back there at the base of Mount Sinai. He still works that way today to gift His people so that they can build up His church, to give His people the skills and the talents needed to do his work. As Liam Neeson has said so eloquently, he's given us a particular set of skills. (laughs) Scripture tells us that we're given the skills by the Holy Spirit for one purpose, so that the church of God might be built up and then God would be glorified. God in his ultimate wisdom ensured that not all of our gifts and talents are the same. So what does that mean? That means, first of all, that, that all of us have a place to serve because our talents are not the same. And secondly, all of us are needed to serve in order for the church to be built up. There are none of us that are unnecessary or unimportant or unwanted. We are all part of what Scripture calls the body of Christ, and unlike the human body, in the body of Christ there is no appendix. Each of us in our gifts and our talents and the skills that God has given us are essential for the body to do its work. Look at what 1 Peter 4.10 says. It's on your sermon outline. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Do you hear that all of those just end with God being glorified? It's not a mistake. We do the work and God gets the glory. That's great. So God gave you his spirit and allows you to be filled with his spirit, not only for your benefit, but so that you might be gifted with the skills needed to serve his church so that God would be glorified through his service and the church would grow. Listen to this. God has has uniquely gifted you in a way that he has gifted no one else so that you can serve in a way that no one else can serve. In fact, it's due to our overflowing thankfulness for how God has uniquely gifted us that we do serve to use our gifts to build the church and to minister to God's people and alongside God's people so that the church might grow, and again, so that God might be glorified. Are you thankful that God has uniquely given you gifts from the Holy Spirit of God, that you have talents and gifts and passions and abilities and experiences and a personality suited to serve the church in a way that no one else can. And your thankfulness should overflow with generosity by how you serve God and His church. We give thanks because we are called by name. We give thanks because we are filled with the Spirit. We give thanks because we are gifted with skills. And lastly, we give thanks so we are inspired to teach. Look back one last time to Exodus 35. Starting in verse 30 we see that God called Bezalel by name and we see that God filled him with the Spirit. We see that God gifted him with specific skills. And then in verse 34 it says, and God has inspired him to teach both him and Aholiab, the the son of Hashmiak of the tribe of Dan. Bezalel called by God, filled with the Spirit, gifted with the skills given by the Spirit, not only served, but was inspired, stirred up in his heart to encourage others to serve alongside him. That was God's plan, not only for the building of the tabernacle, but for the building of the church today, that we would not only serve, but we would encourage others to serve alongside us that we would be inspired deep down to say, come with me and serve God with me. Now, that's the job of a pastor in a nutshell, that not only we would serve, but that we would encourage others to serve. Ephesians 4 says the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers are called to equip the people for service so that the body of Christ might be built up. But it's not just the role of the leaders to serve, and it's not just the role of the leaders to encourage others to serve. It's the job of the entire church. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 on your sermon outline. You can follow with me. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all. Do you see the emphasis in those verses on how great those who work are? That's the point of that. We work for God and we encourage those who work for God. And those who are not working for God, we say, get to work for God. That's what we do as a church. Hebrews 10 says something similar. And this one I'd like for us to all read together. So it's on your outline. We'll put it up on the screen as well if you would, Jim. And let's read that together. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together As is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. It's our job as brothers and sisters in Christ, as followers of God, and as true disciples to regularly meet together for the purpose of building each other up and encouraging each other to serve so that God would receive the glory. We shouldn't be a a do-what-I-say-and-not-what-I-do kind of organization. We should be a let's-do-this-together kind of organization. When we are motivated to serve God because our hearts are overflowing with thankfulness, guess what? That's contagious, and other people should want to do it as well. I think the, the best way that we can encourage others to serve is by serving, When we serve out of a grateful and a thankful heart and people see that, they say, I want some of that. I want to be like that. That's what we want to be. We want to inspire others to serve. We give thanks because we are called by name. We give thanks because we are filled with the Spirit. We give thanks because we are gifted with skills. We give thanks so we are inspired to teach. Now, you probably thought that I forgot about Evan and Mr. Unbelievable, but I did not. Well, Mr. Unbelievable actually received Evan's letter. You would thought Mr. Unbelievable didn't exist. He does. He received Evan's letter, and he quickly flew over to Evan's house, unbelievably enough. And as he landed at Evan's house, he shouted out with a loud voice, Evan, so that the whole neighborhood could hear. Evan heard it, and he quickly ran outside and saw Mr. Unbelievable standing in his front yard in the way that superheroes land right at, at, when, they, when they arrive somewhere in that pose. Okay, There he was. Evan couldn't believe it. Evan, Evan couldn't believe that Mr. Unbelievable had not only received his letter, but had read his letter and had showed up at his house. And not only had he showed up at his house, but he had called him by name. But even more unbelievably than that, Mr. Unbelievable said to Evan, Evan, I give to you some of my powers. And pfft, he made Evan super himself. So now Evan had superhero powers. And then before Mr. Unbelievable left, he turned to Evan and he said, you can choose to keep those powers to yourself or you can choose to use them for good. And unbelievable, unbelievably fast he whooshed away. Now, that's not a true story. But believe it or not, an infinitely more powerful being than any fictional superhero, the God of the universe, has called you by name. Keep it together, Travis. (laughs) Has filled you with his spirit and has gifted you with the skills needed to build his church so that you can encourage others to do the same? Are you thankful for that? As, you, as our message comes to an end this morning, and I promise it's coming to an end, I want you to think about that you were one of the people in the desert, at the base of Mount Sinai with the people of God and you just took a moment to remember all that God had done for you. He powerfully brought you up out of slavery, out of Egypt, delivered you from Pharaoh's army. He provided for you food and water in the middle of the desert. He he led you in which direction to go. He gave you commandments and directions for how you should live so that you could be prosperous and successful in the desert and in the promised land. Would you be thankful? Well, the people of God were thankful. And out of thankful hearts, we see at the end of chapter 35 and going into 36, they came and they gave of their possessions and they, and they gave of their service so that the tabernacle might be built so that the God who had done all that for them could be worshiped. Now consider what God has done for you today, what we've been talking about throughout this entire message. He has saved you and called you my name and filled you with his spirit, gifted you with skills. He is using you. He can use you to encourage others to use their gifts for the building up of the body. Are you thankful for what God has done? I also want you to consider what God has done for our church People of Israel were in the desert for 40 years. Well, 40 years ago, Hope Baptist was a small group of believers that met together in a house in Augusta. Their average Sunday morning attendance was 12 people. Since then, God has used the people of God, the people of Hope Baptist, and their generosity both in their ministry and in their giving to grow His church. We've seen many people come to Christ, and many people be baptized in those 40 years. We've added new staff and new people, built new buildings, ministered to thousands of people in the church and in the community. This year, we paid off our mortgage for this building, and our average weekly attendance has been 320 people as we've continued to grow. Now, there, there will come a time when we will outgrow this building which just a few years ago seemed almost impossible. But that time will come, and I'm excited to tell you that we have a building committee that is currently working on putting together plans for a new multi-purpose building. I'm excited that the building committee will be presenting a vision for what that building will be, will be for, and what our current buildings will be used for in the beginning of 2020. I believe without a doubt that the money and the skills and the talents needed not only to grow our church building but to continue to grow our church body are not beyond our abilities to achieve achieve because the God who met with Moses on Mount Sinai, the God who called Bezalel by name, filled him with the spirit, gifted him and gave him skills to build the tabernacle is the same God that we worship today. Now, do we have all the money that we need to build the building to pay all of our bills and to do all of that? Yes. Now, some of it's in our pockets. Some of it's in our bank accounts. Do we have all the skills needed to grow our church and to minister to the thousands of people in our community? Yes, because the Holy Spirit of God is living in you. We can do it because God can do it. I am so thankful for what God is doing in and through you, people of hope, and I'm so excited for where we are going because God is leading us there. Let's pray together. Father God, we are so thankful for all that you have done and are doing in our lives and in our church We pray out of thankfulness that you would use us to further your ministry here in Maine. That we would use the skills that you have given us to build your church. That we wouldn't be a sit-in-the-chair-on-Sunday-morning kind of people, but we would be a get-up-out-of-our-chair-and-serve-others kind of people. We pray that out of thankfulness you would further your ministry here in Maine, and around the world so that your kingdom might grow. Jesus, we pray in your name today, and we praise your name today. In Jesus' name, amen.